Thank you for pressing play on episode 136 of A-Sides. I'm Andy, and for this episode, I had an awesome opportunity to interview Wes Horton, singer for the band Flat Black. They're currently out on tour supporting Godsmack and I Prevail. And the day that I spoke with Wes, he was on foot the entire interview, so it was kind of fun. It made for a unique experience, almost like recording a reporter live on location. It might not make for some of the best quality of audio, but it definitely was fun and exciting speaking with Wes, getting into his background, his vocal style, and also some of his hobbies away from music. Thank you to Wes and the entire Flat Black team for making this interview possible, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Look, it's rock and roll! And cue music. How are you doing? Did you guys just do your sound check? No, I just worked out. Uh, it's a little early. I'm in Winnipeg right now, but I just worked out with a couple of guys in my band and heading back to the venue to start getting ready for sound check and stuff. So almost there. Um, awesome. Well, thanks for taking some time out to chat with me today, man. Since you mentioned you're in Canada, I got one thing that I was going to ask you. That's kind of silly. All right, let's go for it. Like, how did you pack for this tour? Because didn't you start in August and it's like the end of summer and it's blazing hot and now you're <laughs> in almost like winter temperature? Well, I'll tell you what, I, I packed one or two pairs of pants. To be honest with you, I knew it was going to be cold, but I didn't expect it was. It's not too bad, though. It's like 50, it's like 40 to 50 degrees, probably. So it's not like the worst, but I definitely had to buy a couple pairs of pants. That's the one thing I screwed up on because I'm such a hot person. Like, I run so hot. That I, I, uh, I'm from New England, too, so I'm like sort of used to the cold. So I guess the mistake I made was a little... I, I definitely bought a couple jackets and bought a couple pairs of pants on the way here because my whole suitcase is full of shorts and tank tops <laughs> and shit. I, I, I wore them for the first week, and now I'm like, oh, now I have a ton of clothes that I'm just not in the climate for anymore. So that's a fantastic question, man. Fantastic question. Are those orange pants? Did you get those or did you bring them with you? I brought them. Uh, I got them at a like an Army Navy supply store. There's one. It's pretty famous. It's called Gone Bananas in Massachusetts. I don't know why it's called that, but it's like an Army Navy chain. Uh, but they had orange ones. I think I bought them in like maybe like 2018 or 19, and I finally oh. had a good <laughs> chance to break them out this year. So, oh right on, pretty stoked. <laughs> Well, I came across that on Instagram, and then I've got something else I'm going to ask you, too, from Instagram. Sure. I saw a couple of weeks ago when you guys were in South Dakota, it looked like you had a petting zoo backstage with, like, rabbits and kittens and stuff. It's happened a couple times. You know, two or three times, there's been a bunch of animals backstage. And I think that it, uh, since, like, touring is pretty well-known at this point, is, is pretty, like, mentally grueling. There's, like, a lot of sort of systems in place to... I think ease the mental stress and some local shelters will 
bring in animals just for people to be around animals because you know it's so shocking when you're on tour uh, yeah, they yeah. Bring a, a, a whole petting zoo in because you're like whoa i and you think about it you're like i haven't really even seen or pet a dog in in six months or whatever so it's like it's really really nice to have it's such a nice break and you get to play with animals with in my case with my band i guess me and a bunch of my best friends get to hold bunnies and take <laughs> pictures with them and stuff it's it's pretty great dude but it's a yeah, there's a lot of like cool things now in like the touring industry with, you know, trying to ease people's mental health and stuff like that. Plenty of resources of like, oh, oh wow. you just need to talk to people. Like there's all sorts of stuff like that. And, and one of one of the things they do is is bring in animals and local shelters. Yeah, we had a dog, we had dogs, kittens, and there was a bunny too <laughs> once. And uh, one time they brought goats and a chicken too. And we got Jason in our band to hold the chicken and take photos. It was pretty funny. <laughs> but yeah that's that's great i love that so you guys yeah you're out on tour now with godsmack and you've already got halo out in lack of respect but now i saw you got a third single drop in just this week yeah, in uh, two more days, I think. Justice yeah, will yeah. be done is the name of the song. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty exciting. I think people are gonna like it. Uh, we're coming out of the gate with these songs uh, with like a lot of energy. And uh, sorry, there's a siren blaring in the background, but <laughs> <laughs> coming out the gate with, with heavy stuff, uh, exciting to find music. So I think it's a lot easier to blast out with the most radio friendly thing you can. But yeah, I don't know. We're we, we are about that. Again, like, we got those songs too, but. I think we wanted to come out with like serious balls and like aggression and shit like that. So this next song is, is in the same vein of something like uh, lack of respect. Since you said you, you, you mentioned you heard that one. It's going to be a similar sort of. Okay, vibe. cool. Is that kind of your background? Are you more of a heavy metal guy or what kind of music did you grow up with? Me personally, I would say that of all the guys in the band, I would probably be the most like outlier when it comes to metal. I love like death metal, death core. Like that's the type of music I like. And a story. I know that not a lot of people like it, whatever, and it's not their thing. But you know, I unapologetically love metal and, and heavy shit. My favorite bands are like White Chapel and Shadow of Intent and like crazy <laughs> aggressive stuff. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but everything else kind of just sounds like elevator music to me at times. But yeah, that's that's what I like. I was an internet vocalist sort of before I was in this band. Yeah. I played in a couple others, but I can sing, but I also love the the technical screaming and the technical stuff. You're like, how does that even sound human? You know, like that's the sort of stuff that I really like. But at the same time, I love music and songs. The cool thing is, is I get to touch that, what I really love. I get to touch, yeah. especially live, you know, there's so much room for me to make noises that <laughs> probably don't, don't belong in the radio, you know? But you yeah, it's cut cool, loose. you know, I, yeah, yeah, I get to cut loose live, but I think there's there's some of that. Like in, in this song we're putting out in a couple of days, justice will be done. You know, there's a big long growl, big long held out growl. Like, I don't know, I don't I don't hear too much on the radio or, or anything anymore. So I'm pretty excited that that got through because I love that shit, man. And and we have a you know it's a nice a nice singy choruses that you know my mom likes and my mom will enjoy. At the same time, there's that little touch of, fuck you, I'm going to rip this song and scream my fucking ass off, you know?
always kind of wondered though, how do you find your voice like that? Like, do you just one day you're just singing along with your favorite songs and it just happens? It definitely started like that. I had a, an Acura uh, 2006 Acura RL when I was in high school. I would plug my FM transmitter and just play like the whole All That Remains record, Fall of Ideals or something like that. Yeah. And uh, I would just scream through the whole thing when I was like 17. Yeah, you, you know, you st- it doesn't sound good at first. You know, it's, it sounds, you know, quite terrible at first. But then you knock off, uh, you start knocking off the imperfections and things like that. And it gets easier. And uh, it's like sort of, yeah. uh, sort of what it, it's supposed to sound like, you know. To tell you the truth, uh, there's there's being able to sing mm-hmm. and uh, knowing how to sing or do vocals, whichever whichever way you want to say it. Because you know, I do mix, I do both. For me, was, I always could do vocals. Like I always could sing. I was always able to. I didn't really learn how to until I met this guy Jamie Vendera. He is like a sort of like a world class vocal teacher. You know, he knows everything you could possibly know when it comes to how the how-to part of how to sing. Yeah. I spent, you know, the last year or so, I'm in a shower room now. This is really good, but there's Wi-Fi here. <laughs> um, it's all good. Uh, but he, you know, he, he knows everything there is to know about, you know, how to sing, which I, I didn't know forever. So I spent at least a year or so before we were playing live I was singing like three or four hours a day and really like doing shit right and learning how, because it's really easy to just fucking, you know, it's really easy to lose your technique and just get emotional and yeah. uh, lose everything. It's still, it's still something I'm learning to control is when you get on stage, you know, it's so hype. There's so many people around. You're so excited, but you still have to think about, okay, make sure I'm breathing here and thinking about, okay, I, I can't, I can't be going, or I can't be running around too much, wasting the oxygen because I got to sing, you know, it's like, it's a very delicate balance of expending your energy and, and keeping the crowd while also keeping the oxygen that you need to sing the parts. You know, I, I think I had a natural thing for it and I always like wanted to do it, but I never really learned how to until I, I got a, my teacher who, you know, really dialed me in. And I probably could have got through the store with it or like without that, I probably could have got through it, but I would be suffering a lot more and probably be a lot more exhausted. And, you know, yeah, and you're young, real... you don't want to do any damage like long-term. Right. Yeah. And if I did damage, if I was doing serious damage every night, you would hear it in my speaking voice too. Um, yeah. Like, uh, I, I don't know if you've heard like, like Miley Cyrus speak in those in her recent interviews or her know. voice is all it's all like down here like this now <laughs> because she's done so much damage and oh, wow. and that's Miley that's that's Miley Cyrus like that's not she's not doing metal shit you know yeah she's just screaming like let's go you know like on stage <laughs> and even that you do that wrong enough times you don't get it back yeah so true. Uh, I love Event Sevenfold but I watched a recent interview with Matt from Revenge Sevenfold, his voice, to me, you know, it sounds very damaged. It sounds like, you know, there's eventually you get to an irreparable uh, state where you're constantly fighting, your body's constantly recovering, but you have to tour, you know, it's like, you, you can't, you never get quite repaired. 
So you're just adding damage on top of damage until, you know, eventually you can't come back from it. And, you know, there's surgeries and there's a hundred things you can do to try to mitigate some inflammation and stuff like that. But at a certain point, you know, you, I, I think everybody needs to, you know, really, it doesn't matter how pro you are, how, how high the level you're at, you, you should learn how to really, really sing from really pro guys because it's your career, man, and it's your fans. And for me, it's like I, I respect the fans so much for giving me their time. And, you know, some of these people, it's their one day off for like a month, maybe six months, dude. Yeah. And they're coming to see your, they're coming to see your band on like your one night off. Like you better fucking care enough to like deliver a show every single night. And that means maintenance. That means like caring about your, your shit and like not getting so fucked up where you can't perform the next day or it's all connected. But as a singer, your body is your instrument. So oh, yeah, you're, sure. uh, you're screwing yourself and it's, also, I mean, not directly. I don't think people are maliciously thinking, oh, fuck my fans or whatever, but it is disrespecting the people that spend their the, the only bit that they have on the end of their paycheck, especially in today's economy, you know? So with doing all the vocal work that you've done and, you know, taking care of yourself, what is the biggest lesson you've learned on this tour so far? I would say, like, the more maintenance that I've done on vocal stuff, like, Every day, uh, you know, you have a lot of time before you play. Mm -hmm. You can spend that time playing video games or watching a show or something like that. But the the days that I put more time into maintenance, which for me is steaming and using nebulizers and things like that to make sure that I'm sufficiently hydrated and moisturized like inside of my throat, the more, the days that I have spent more time on that are the better shows every single time. So it's, oh, damn. remember how I, remember how I said it's comp, the damage is like compounding Yeah. when you're like, if you're doing damage to your voice, like you're mitigating the co compounding by doing the maintenance. And for some people that's like, Oh, I took a cough drop before I played the cool, you know, the lower the inflammation, all that shit's good. But the more you stack that stuff up, like, and you like you properly, if you properly warm up, you do the nebulizing, you do the steaming and like you're, you're doing that shit every day. It's like, you're just helping yourself and the next day gets easier and then the next day gets easier. So oh, right the thing on. I've learned, yeah, the, the thing I learned on this tour is like, I think there's no reason to skip on the maintenance stuff. Yeah. And like for, for a drummer, like our, our drummer warms up every single show and he probably could skip that. Probably doesn't need to warm up for an hour before we play, but he does. And it's like a compounding thing. And the next day, your warm-up's easier. And then the next day and the next day, it compounds and it gets easier and easier. And by the end of the tour, you're so loose and prepared and ready for it that it's like you're really doing yourself a service by doing the annoying shit that you don't want to do. Like this for, a, you know, for a drummer, it would be stretching or warming up, things like that. And in my case, it's it's sitting in a chair and inhaling steam for an hour, which isn't, it's not, it's not fun. You know, it's not like I'm not doing this because uh, I like doing it. It's yeah. fun, but it, it gives, uh, it gives me the best chance of recovery every night so that every night that I play, you know, it's, it's very consistently good because that's what I want. You know, I, I don't want some people to say, Oh, well I saw him last year and I was way better than that time. It's gotta be good every time. And uh, I don't really have an excuse 
So, you know, there's, there's yeah, no You got to watch out for the internet now, man. Yeah, man. You sing, you sing one, you have one bad show and it's on there forever. Yeah. Speaking of internet though, like I mentioned uh, that I saw like your stories and stuff, it seems like you guys are like super interactive on there, which I think is cool. Yeah. With, with the, the fan stuff. And I mean, the, we've been doing meet and greets every night too. When I was growing up, I was always hearing from artists that, oh, this is the worst part, man. You gotta, you sit in the line, you gotta meet all these people and you're tired and, and all you wanna do is sleep. And, and I don't understand that because for me, it's been nothing but a positive thing. Yeah. And it's just pure positivity. It's like, people are stoked to see you and we're stoked to see them too. And they're so excited that like, how can you not gain something off of that energy? How can you not like, be stoked that people are that excited to see you and they're like that happy that they get a moment with you to just meet you and take a photo like those are the the, the moments especially for example with with younger people with kids like those are the that's the shit they remember forever and there's a lot of kids that come through we've had you know a couple like five six seven year old kids like oh this is his first concert <laughs> and like you're, you're that's like a lifetime thing you know yeah. like they're gonna remember that forever and you know how you choose to act you know how you choose to be is potentially a, a role model for them and it's it's really important that you, you nail that stuff and that they remember that and they they think of that with as a positive thing making like a recaps every night with our we have a media guy here named lucas and he's you know he's doing a really good job of capturing the experience we have every night at different you know the different venues and different places we're playing we're in canada right now so i've never been to canada and it's kind of cool to have a little documented piece of oh this was like when my trip was this is when we did this <laughs> night and that yeah. night he's making a bunch of sort of personality type videos with us we're, we have a, we're working on a series called Flat Black TV. We were in Idaho a couple weeks ago and there was like a horse, I don't, I don't know what you call it. Rather, basically it's an event where hundreds and hundreds of horses come to get shown and that's how they get their, their monetary value. And that was right next to the venue that we played at. I love, I like horses a lot. My, I, my parents had them when I grew up. There was like hundreds and hundreds of them, and we went through and we interviewed like the owners. <laughs> it was just a really good contrast, like a metal band, a metal band interviewing a bunch of yeah. people that raised horses, and we ended up talking, hanging out with a, a couple of them all night. And one of the guys there was like, uh, he's like, so is like singing all you know how to do. Like, did you, did you ever do anything else? I'm like, oh yeah, like I, I worked in restaurants and stuff, but. Singing is pretty much all I got, man. He's like, like my daddy taught me how to race horses, and I don't know anything else. This is all my life is, and it's kind of cool, like getting the like. That's a perspective I've never seen. I'm from New England. We don't like yeah. we have some horses, but we're not like there's not like a horse industry. So <laughs> we got to hang out with them and interview them, and we got that little take of you know that was not. I'm not even close to answering your question. I don't. Well, I don't even. I'm, I'm totally lost on it, but. The point is, is that uh, we're trying to connect on a different yeah. level, I guess. I think it's super easy to be the fucking arms crossed band. You know, we don't, 
we don't got time for the fans, but we're trying to be like the opposite of that. And when we all got personalities and we're not, uh, you know, a bunch of silent golf boys in the back of the cafeteria where we're normal people. And I think we want people to know that. Sounds like you've had some awesome experiences out there on the road. Yeah. So I heard that you kind of got into music through Guitar Hero. Is that correct? You were like 13? Okay. This is, yeah, this is a super controversial Or is this subject, like I think. overinflated because of the internet? No, no, no. It's not overinflated. I swear to God, it's 100% true. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Anyone that's in their 20s right now that's in a band, yeah. I would say like 90%, not everyone, but I would say probably 90% of people in their 20s that are in bands now were influenced by that. And I think it sounds strange. And re- you, you know, you read an article and you're like, did he really say that? But it's true. It's just the truth yeah. of the matter. Like rhythm games, like I was a big video game player as a kid. I still am, but I just don't have as much time now. So I don't play as much. But rhythm games were like this new thing that was so revolutionary at the time. Yeah. And uh, my older sister, she's a doctor in Portland, Maine now. My older sister played guitar, and for Christmas one year, she got a Guitar Hero, and it was like, it was like, holy shit, you know, it was like the coolest thing I never, we'd ever seen, and you know, she was probably seventeen or eighteen, so I'm ten year, nine or ten years old, and I'm seeing that for the first time, and also it exposed people my age to guitar music in general. And because, you know, I wasn't listening to a lot of music with guitar because by that time, even by the time I was like 11 or 12, guitar music was like already out. And like when, you know, when I'm 11 or or 12, it's like 2009 or something like that, 2010, something like that. By this time, you know, we're past emo, we're past Warp Tour, you know, it's like that stuff is already out. Like you're lucky if you hear Blink-182 on the radio. (laughs) Yeah, true. So I discovered Avenged Sevenfold, All Their Mains, Kill Switch Engage, sort of metalcore bands like that, through rock band, Guitar Hero. Anyone like under 30 that is playing in a band now is like, yeah, man, I, I played Guitar Hero. And I thought one day, like, I kind of want to do this in real life. I guarantee you that it's probably like 90% of people, probably like 90%, because that shit was so important in just exposing me to this kind of music. So, yeah, that's totally true. That, that's all totally true. And I, I definitely credit it for what got me so interested. I was like, can I do this in real life or is this just a video game thing? <laughs> Well, I was thinking, though, that does make sense because there's really like, like my age, I was just a young guy when MTV came out. And then for you, there's nobody's watching MTV anymore because they don't even play video. So how else are you supposed to get exposed to music? Right. The, the yeah. earliest thing I remember on on MTV was dating shows. So like, yeah. there was at, at that point, there's no more music at all. And I want to say I was like too young for headbangers all too. I think that stopped in 2006 or 2007. And, you know, at that point I'm like nine or 10 years old watching Cartoon Network and shit. So it's like, I'm not keen enough on music to yeah like understand at that point, but 
yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. I bet you a friggin' million dollars that most people my age would say that same shit, though. I got, like, one last question for you. Please. So, like, outside of music, away from music, well, you just worked out earlier today. Mm-hmm. And I was going to ask, what's something outside of music that you're really interested in? Is it, like, a physical fitness or? Yeah, I, w- I would say the, the second primary thing is probably physical fitness and I like cooking a lot too. Like when I'm at home and not touring, I cook probably like 95% of my meals, obviously for money saving purposes. But at this juncture, I, I, it's harder when you're on tour to, you know, really stay on top of stuff. But at home, I weigh all my food. And, oh, wow. You know, I make, yeah, like I'm really psycho about it. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I mean, I don't, th- I don't think it's psycho because it's so normal to me now. But like, you know, I, I have this book at, at my house and uh, when I was younger, I still have the same book, but when I was younger and lived with my parents, you know, I would write, you know, okay, I'm, this is this much protein and this much calories. And my mom would call it my, uh, she would call it my death book because I was just like, it just looked like a scratching, like, like, <laughs> like psycho shit. But uh, I would write, you know, all the calories and protein I consumed for the day and I would weigh it all and make sure it was, I was super dialed in, you know, that's, that's what I'm really passionate about. Cause before I was doing music, I I cooked in restaurants. Like, you know, I look back on it in a sort of negative way. This is a really stressful, it's a stressful, very difficult job. You don't get paid that much. It's it's really hard. You know, Uh, I was sort of higher. I, I, you know, you made my way. I did it for like 10 years. So I made my way to like sous chef and yeah. and like kitchen manager and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, those were anywhere from, you know, running the whole kitchen to babysitting a bunch of 19 year olds with their, it's their first job and stuff. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, there's multiple reasons why it's stressful, but, uh, I do love cooking. You know, I, I, uh, especially when you nail something, like if you, if you make a steak and you're like, I want a medium rare steak and you nail the medium rare, dude, it's like, it's pretty satisfying. <laughs> You're like, okay, I actually know how to do this, and it tastes really good. My other passion is fitness and and, and cooking for sure. Um, I, I think once I get off of this tour, I'm I'm sort of considering getting my certification because I have the knowledge. I just need the piece of paper for like personal training and stuff like that. I, I help my guys over here. Uh, they they are all in shape and they know what they're doing. But uh, I'm so obsessed with it that I spend you know, hours of watching YouTube of, oh, how can I fix this, my form 1% to make it better, you know? And I, I work with, you know, these guys, the guys in my band and stuff and try to fix their shit and make them more efficient and better. And it, I'm, I'm passionate about it, man. It's cool. It's like, uh, I do really want to have that as a side thing. I, I like training people. I like showing people that, you know, it's not, it's not as difficult as you might think it is. There's, I, I say this in, reference to working out but it's it's also a cooking thing but there's there's a hundred ways to cook a steak right you can grill it you can reverse sear it which means you sear both sides and then cook it in the oven and bring it up to temperature so it's perfectly medium rare you know you can do that or you can broil you can do you know there's a hundred ways you can do yeah. it. the same <laughs> thing goes for working out and eating um there's like there's multiple ways to do it if uh you know, there's there's so much misinformation of, oh, you got to be stuck to the chicken, the broccoli and the rice and stuff like you can't eat anything good, which is just total BS. 
and you can you can get to your goals in a hundred different ways. Like if you don't like chicken, like guess what? Like there's lean ground beef. Like there's there's other options, you know, there's like other ways to get to your goal. I'm gonna figure it out somehow, but that's gonna be my side thing. Cause I really wanna show people that it's not as fucking difficult as you think and you can change your life and you can, you know, you can be healthier and like in many different pathways, you know? Well, good for you, man. Yeah. No, thanks. Yeah. Have you watched that show, The Bear at all? Are you familiar with that? Yes, I'm familiar with it. Uh, it, it, is, it is It is. pretty accurate. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to ask if it's accurate. The first place I worked was like super, super intense. The first like real restaurant that I worked in. And it was like, everyone spoke French. It was a French place. And like, this is in America. So like nobody speaks French. But I had to like learn French phrases. Oh man! For, yeah, like, I'm not. I'm not kidding. Yeah, like it was. It was serious shit. And like any mistake that you made, like, ooh, you don't want to make a mistake. You know, it's <laughs> like my my head chef was like literally Gordon Ramsay had the British accent and everything. If you fuck something up, like you're not gonna hear the end of it, and you you better fix it quick. <laughs> and it's like you know, very high pressure. You know, I'm 16, 15 or 16 at the time when I had this and yeah, like I would say a, a real French kitchen, like I would say the, the, the bear is, is definitely has some truth to it. Inclu- like all those uniforms of the, those, that chef, the chef coats and the, and the blue aprons, like that shit's all real. And like, I remember way back, I was like 15. Oh my God, this is 10 years ago. Jesus, getting old, man. <laughs> but uh, I remember my chef put on a blue apron one day and I'm like, Hey man, like, what do I gotta do? Like, I want, I want the, I want a blue apron like you. And he's like, he's like Wesley, you gotta earn that. It's just gonna take years for you to earn that. And uh, yeah, that's that's how I learned. Uh, that's how I learned all, all that stuff, and it was, it was really intense, man. But yeah, the, the Bears accurate, good show. I want to finish it actually. Actually, you might might have just given me something to do. Um, all right, man. <laughs> Well, uh, thanks for chatting with me, man. It was really good to talk to you, dude. You too, you too. Yeah, it sucks I missed you guys because I'm in Illinois and you guys played, I think, Moline like in the middle of September and I missed out on that one. I do want to check you guys out and I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, dude, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, man. We'll have a good show tonight too. Thanks, dude. I appreciate it. You have a good one. Uh, Thanks, man. See you later.